Welcome everyone to this new episode of the Realizing Potential podcast. Today's episode is about becoming an authentic leader. I'm extremely happy and excited to have Kathy Modlag with me today, who has been leading me through a very powerful process and uh, coaching uh, with a program that is called The Power of Authenticity. And actually, as I reached the end of the program uh, with Kathy, I asked her if she would kindly be a guest on our podcast and she agreed to it. So I'm so excited uh, to have Kathy with us today. So Kathy, would you like to say a quick hello before I provide background on you? Hello, everybody. And thank you, Laura, for having me as your guest today. It is an honor and pleasure to be here. Thank you very much. So just a little bit of background on Kathy. So be, throughout her professional career, Kathy's provided people of all ages with choices. And I have to say that word choices is so powerful within the, the setting that we're in for our Realizing Potential podcast. Believing that personal accountability is an ongoing commitment, she has raised the bar in helping individuals find their authentic self and moral compass. So just remember that word authentic and authenticity since we'll definitely be speaking quite a bit about that in our podcast today. In corporate settings, her Power of Authenticity workshop, uh, which is actually what I've been completing uh, remotely and other great programs set ground rules for healthy interactions through inspiring self-realization, cultivating a mindset of purpose and driving positive change. As a parent, which I, as a parent myself, I think is one of the biggest leadership roles we uh, take in life. Uh, Kathy has always understood the importance of morality, seeing the teachings of virtues as lacking in schools. And she also took the initiative and developed an educational platform for parents and teachers on the benefits of living a virtuous life. She believes virtues are who we are. And in order to be our best self, we must exercise our virtues muscles daily. Now, for those of you that may be wondering what this is about, you will learn more about it as uh, our conversation progresses. Kathy and her sister launched Think Virtues with the goal of reversing the effects of bullying and abusive behavior and giving children the power to stop them at first sign. The organization aligns educators and parents in teaching children good moral values. And through her work with proactive parents, educators, and corporate leaders of many settings, Kathy has turned up the volume on morality, helping people engage in a healthy manner, find their purpose, and create better work-life balance. Her passion and advocacy for children's empowerment also ignited her to author the Utopia book series, which models moral choices for children in exciting adventure stories. A lifelong learner and accomplished painter, Kathy is both practical and artistic. Kathy, you haven't shown me any of your artwork yet, so that I definitely need to see. <laughs> and she's also very well known for her responsiveness, communication skills, rock solid work ethic, and unwavering commitment to excellence. So again, welcome Kathy. So happy uh, for us to be having this conversation today. And one of the things uh, straight up I would like to share with our listeners for those who are not seeing you, because some people may just be listening to this and not watching you, one of the reasons I asked Kathy if she would share her time and her genius with us uh, in this podcast is because she has the most 
positive and influencing energy of anyone I've actually met over the last year for sure. So I think that is so needed right now uh, for people that I hope that today they can take a little bit of that super positive energy that you have and make their day a little bit better. Wow, thank you, Laura. That's such a huge compliment. Thank you. You're absolutely welcome. It's really how I feel. So today we discussed a little bit what would be out of all the different things that uh, you could share with us, Kathy, what, what one thing that uh, would really make a difference in a short space of time uh, for, for listeners and viewers. Uh, we talked about authenticity. Uh, so I actually just wanted to get us kicked off and ask you, can you tell us why authenticity is such a big part of your work and why you think it's so powerful? Because, uh, and especially now, uh, as we're living through a, through a major crisis and pandemic, um, I think that authenticity is the core of who we are. And I believe in humanity and, and I, it's not just a belief, it's actually uh, proven by research that 95% uh, of us are, are really good human beings and, and, are, and, and it's a worthwhile journey to get to our core, to get to who we truly are and uh, really um, explore our authenticity. Uh, our authenticity is where our genius resides. Uh, authenticity is where our essence is. Authenticity is where we harness our potential. Um, authenticity is where we feel whole, where we're fulfilled, and where we're happier. So it's really a worthwhile journey, especially now that a lot of um, activities have been curtailed. Uh, it's kind of nice to sit back and, and go through the journey. Of, uh, of exposing our genius, our, um, the core of who we are. I think that is such a beautiful way to put it. Uh, I think for a lot of us, there probably wouldn't be a better time to go on that journey of finding who you are authentically and how you want to put out your authenticity to the world. Uh, because maybe we have, maybe not so, so much time, because I think we all found ways to you know, busy our days up and still be very occupied even with the restrictions, but the space to actually find that uh, authenticity if you weren't already on that journey. So as you know, this uh, podcast is, is mainly about leadership and, and for leaders. And I do believe that in one way or another, we do all have the opportunity to be leaders. So in terms of authenticity and leadership, how do you think authenticity impacts leaders or how can leaders make a big difference by tapping into their authenticity? Well, uh, it's a, in these days, and I think ever, as long as I have been in the space of transformational leadership training, uh, harnessing our authenticity as leaders is really, we don't have a choice but to do that. Uh, because by becoming our authentic selves, um, by being comfortable in our own skin, uh, then that enables us to connect better with others, to be more empathetic, um, and, uh, and, and, 
and curtail the the activities that a lot of uh, we see a lot of leaders that we don't want to work with, for example, display like control, micromanagement, uh, and these types of things. Um, you know, our authenticity is uh, we we uh, we step into a box uh, that has these four walls that we call four U's. Uh, one is our past, which we must complete with. Uh, we must acknowledge and do a, a decent dose of forgiveness. Uh, it's our perception that we must become uh, aware of and understand. It's our identity that we have to honor and ascend. And our egos that we need to develop a healthy relationship with. Our ego uh, if we're not being authentic, our, our ego is, is where we, uh, is the part of us that, that separates us from others. So it uh, kind of is a, is a barrier to practicing empathy. Uh, and empathy is a connector, you know, and, and as leaders, it's important for us to connect with uh, not only people we serve, but people who work with us and help us serve others. Um, so, uh, so it's our ego is where we, uh, where we judge, criticize, where we compete, uh, and when we control, we want to, we want to control. So, so when leaders have a good sense, when they ascend and develop a really healthy relationship, then they become, uh, not only effective eater, uh, leaders, but also connect better with the people that they work with. Uh, they create trust, they create uh, loyalty. So people, uh, there's less attrition, uh, there's uh, more fulfillment uh, in the workplace and, uh, and everything just works better, quicker. They are able to make better, quicker uh, decisions uh, and uh, better able to handle uh, the, the ups and downs of daily life in, in a, that, that we all face as leaders, so. Thank you for that, Kathy. So I think one thing to pick up on from what you said, some people when maybe are in a certain paradigm that when they hear the word leadership, they're still picturing a leader that is not connected with their people. Uh, they may be picturing someone that's kind of removed, making decisions uh, and uh, pushing uh, the organization or the team in a certain way. But when we talk about leadership here, we're talking about that person that can allow others to grow, to be motivated, to want to be a part of something, to be the most authentic version of themselves that they can be. So to create that environment. So just something to keep in mind. And Kathy mentioned a couple of key words uh, that you know I kind of would like everyone listening to, to really uh, explore a little bit further. One of those words is empathy and the other one is ego. So we'll, we'll get into a little bit more detail on that. So Kathy, one of the things that you know about me from working with me that I shared with you from the beginning, my personality style, and you know in Equilibria we talk a lot about different personality styles, my personality style and who, who I am naturally, this was and will continue to be for a while, but I am working on it as you know, uh, in terms of empathy, one of my biggest challenges. So it was when you explained how much of a difference being able to tap into that empathy could make, 
for myself and for others that I started viewing empathy in a totally different light. So I, because I've had the, experience, the, the opportunity to go through that experience and many others won't, I would like to ask you, you know, how, what advice would you give someone who actually wants to learn to be more empathetic, knowing that empathy may be that key to better connect with the people in your team and the people around you? What, what advice would you give someone that would want to do, do that? That's a, that's a very good question, Laura, because empathy is a, is a core virtue and it's a virtue that unites us. Uh, it's a virtue where I am not separate from you. I feel your pain and I celebrate with you when you experience joy and things to celebrate uh, for. Uh, so so it's, a, it's a gift. Empathy is a gift that all humanity has that we can, we should first and foremost extend it to ourselves by doing, um, by being generous, by being loving, by being kind, by not judging ourselves or criticizing ourselves over the things that we're not happy about. Um, and, and by constantly, you know, uh, we call it, you know, these virtues, gym, you know, going to, which is really a mental contemplation on, uh, on these various acts of kindness toward ourselves and others and extending it, uh, extending that, that gift to those around us. But, but like anything else, before we have the ability to give uh, and extend empathy toward others, we must be full ourselves. We must be full of love, um, full of kindness ourselves so that we can extend our graceful, elegant, empathy toward others. Uh, so uh, as many people as we have bandwidth for, and you know, and these are trying times emotionally, people are exhausted. Uh, and empathy actually, because it releases oxytocin uh, in our bodies makes us feel better. So it, it's, uh, it's, uh, we feel better emotionally, and we feel better uh, physically. So it's healthy for both our emotional and, and uh, physical wellness. So, uh, so yeah, so I am a, you know, as you know, I'm a huge fan of, uh, fan of uh, uh, teaching others how they can better empathize with themselves and others, because when that, when that light goes on, uh, it's natural for us. But, uh, you know, there are certain barriers to practicing empathy, uh, and ego is one of them. Excellent. So on, on that note, I think that key concept that you mentioned that may be new to a lot of people is that empathy with oneself. Uh, I really think that, that to me, it was something that I had never framed empathy personally that way. There's also around other people, but I realized when you mentioned that the empathy and compassion towards yourself, it, I've actually never mentioned this to you, but in equilibrium, we have four expectations and the order is take care of yourself, then uh, take care of your family, take care of each other, and last, from a commercial standpoint, take care of the customer. And for a lot of people, like, you know, struggle with that order. But if you think about what you just mentioned, if you can't be empathetic with yourself and you can't allow yourself to make mistakes, which as we all know is human, how hard is it going to be to connect with others? And as a leader, if you can't 
create an environment where people know, oh yeah, Kathy or Laura, yes, sometimes they mess up, but it's okay. They also, you know, are, are allowing of themselves to, to be empathetic with whatever mistake they may make or a situation that may arise. Thanks for that. So in terms of um, ego, and, and you mentioned that the part that plays in that. So I think just for a general explanation, and so all of us are thinking, because there's so many di different definitions it, socially and in our narrative about ego, can you maybe provide just a quick definition of what you mean by ego? Yeah, ego is, yeah, you, as you said, there's many, many experts who've, uh, who've really uh, done a decent amount, a great deal of uh, research and explanation and have developed lots of philosophies and, uh, around the whole notion of ego. But what, the way that we talk about it is a spiritual um, explanation, which uh, ego is, is a part of us that protects us in a way. Uh, but the main thing, the main job of ego is it separates us uh, from everyone else. Uh, and, and, you know, and empathy is the opposite of that. Empathy unites us. So, so if we allow, if we don't have a healthy relationship with our ego, ego can be a huge barrier to our ability to express our empathy toward ourselves and others, because our ego will want to not, when you separate yourself and you're competing with others, you're judging and criticizing um, other people. Um, you are uh, controlling, uh, you want to be in control. So you become, you know, this micromanager of, a, of everything almost to an, you know, sometimes you see people get really obsessed with having, having to control every scenario that, that they come in, um, come in touch with. And I've seen that uh, with, I've seen it people with, with even their home life and their children. And it really, nobody's comfortable with that because when you try to control others, you're really disempowering them. Um, and, uh, and when you're being authentic, you're really all about empowering others and letting others shine through their own genius and, and their own essence and what they, what gifts they have for the world to see. So, so ego just kind of, uh, you know, stops that process and it's no fun. Um, ego always is right. You know, so those are, those are the telltale signs, you know, when you see those, those, uh, those tendencies in yourself and others, it's the ego. It's not really the whole person. It's not their authentic self. It's just one, uh, one portion of who they are. And if they don't have a, uh, if they don't develop a healthy relationship to where they can recognize it and kind of, uh, step out of it, then it, and it really stops their success in a big way. So I think there's to, to that point, it's not that the ego is a, is a bad thing, but just something we all have a, an ego. It's not that you want to suppress it or do away with it, but just be aware of it, right? And, and when is it getting to the point where it's limiting you from realizing your potential, limiting you from being your authentic self? Is that precise? Precisely, precisely. I mean, we don't want to get rid of it completely, uh, but we want to be aware of the limitations it it presents for us when we don't uh, have a good relationship with it. We don't really recognize all the different things that that it uh, uh, brings brings for us. I think that's a beautiful way to put it. it. All of these things that we're talking about, it's the relationship you you have with it. 
the relationship you have with your ego, the relationship you have with your empathy or your ability to be empathetic and your authenticity as well. So in terms of looking at the, the ego part of it, how, how do you think as a leader, your ego plays into you being able to lead authentically or not? Can you give us some examples of what it could look like for a leader that may be leading through their ego instead of leading authentically so people can maybe can visualize what those look like? Mm -hmm. uh, an ego-driven uh, leader is, is um, hypercritical, judgmental, um, micromanager, and really celebrates himself. Because, you know, we're in two, ego lives in mainly two states, in a state of inferiority, where we feel like we're less than or, uh, or an, a, a um, false sense of elevation over others, superiority toward others. So, so then when we're up here, then we feel like we're better than everybody else. And we, we tend to make, try to make other people feel less than. Uh, so, you know, people, again, people are disempowered. People don't want to speak up and, and really give their ideas because so many people that work in a, in a, work, in a, in a company organization, a team, uh, each individual has certain uh, um, creativity, innovation uh, that they can collaborate with others and bring out. And, you know, where one person's gifts uh, are valuable, when you multiply that by five, 10 people, it just becomes bigger, better in every way. Uh, so that gets kind of curtailed. Uh, so when you see dysfunctional teams, uh, teams where people are not shining as much as they should, there's usually some ego issues there. Authenticity is really the opposite of that. It was where you really have, you know, just like the four U's that we talked about, uh, we don't have any extra, you know, we're kind of com have completed with any baggage from our past. Uh, we've forgiven uh, and have kind of this self-love uh, that we can then, uh, add others, add to others, to, to the people that we work with. Um, and, uh, you know, we have, we're very clear about our perceptions and we don't let our biases, um, you know, get in the way of seeing uh, the opportunities, seeing uh, how we can innovate and make things better, how we can grow, how we can uh, uh, speed, speed up and make the process flow uh, and, and move at a much better tempo. Uh, and, um, and of course, our identity, uh, we don't get too much uh, too stuck in our, in our own identity of who we are. Uh, really, our authenticity is so much bigger than our identity. Of course, we honor our identity, but that's not the whole picture of who we are. And then having that, when you go, when you have a good relationship with all the uh, four yous, then you're able to um, you know, have a better relationship with people that you work with. They're, they, they're able to trust you more. You're, uh, you're not only facilitating uh, their, their, um, their talents and, uh, and genius showing up, but also they're loyal, uh, they're active, and they come to you with, you know, it's, it's a, they come to you with ideas, with, with things that they know how you can make, make whatever you're working on better. So it just elevates the whole um, team, organization, company. Uh, so you 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 see that when when authenticity is at play, um, 
there are many, many, many benefits. I, I just can't, uh, we can't, I can't underline, <laughs> underline that enough. Uh, so it's, it's really, there's huge value to get to the core of who you are uh, because there is, um, there is beauty, there is uh, genius, and there is, there's this beautiful thing that you must share with the world, your gift. Thanks, Kathy. And I think that's, that's such a beautiful uh, message. The one thing that I was thinking about and that kind of popped to mind when you were mentioning about all the different benefits, I think one of the things that is hard to explain in words, but how people who are not being ego-driven, how they make you feel, especially leaders, where they create a certain environment or atmosphere where you feel better, like you feel more energized, you feel like you want to show up. Actually, if you don't get a chance to work in that team or with that person, you miss it because you go, wow, like, you know, this is, these are people that I really want to be involved in. And I really think that because, um, you know, one person really has the power to, to, to change the environment and the energy around them so much. And specifically, if, you know, if they're being generous with, uh, with their energy and their team and, you know, I think it's one of these things that if you can bring yourself back to a time that you've worked with someone that made you feel very good and for a sustained period of time, I think that it if you peel the onion, they're probably, you're probably looking at a very authentic and not ego-driven uh, leader or team member. Absolutely. It's why people stay. You know, it's it's when pe people stay with organizations for years and years, usually they have leaders that are truly authentic um, and uh, and and elegant and graceful. You know, that's where that's where all of those wonderful qualities uh, reside is in our authenticity. And and it's a, and, it, and, and and when when we meet the peaks and valleys of of life in an organization's uh, uh, timeline, it's important for people to be surrounded by, by uh, leaders who authentically care and show up every day. So it's very, very important. Absolutely. Kathy, can, because I think it's kind of the contrast, can you speak a little bit about how masking or someone kind of, you know, masking their authenticity, how that uh, expresses itself or how that, um, kind of impacts uh, a leader when you may not realize you're, you're masking? Well, it's really hard to mask for a long period of time. I mean, it's, you may be able to initially uh, mask. It's not possible because we as human beings are very intuitive. We can tell when somebody's not being authentic. Um, it, it's, you know, when people aren't comfortable in their own skin, it shows up in every level of their own of their lives and um, and working in a work environment does also. And, but most importantly, the most cost is to them to ourselves. If we're not being authentic, it causes cognitive dissonance. Mm -hmm. So because we're because we're not behaving in a way, that is close to who we truly are, our core values. Um, so it's the, the biggest, the biggest person who pays for lack of authenticity is ourselves. 
uh, and and just like you talked about the wonderful framework, the four-step framework that you guys have at Equilibria, it all starts with self. If you don't have self-love, if you don't, if you're not kind to yourself, if you're not uh, generous in that way to yourself, then you don't have any anything to give. So, so yeah. So I would one thing that I don't want to miss the opportunity to ask you about is you have had such a major impact on children. I know we've spoken many times about the difference you've been able to make with, with your own children. And I think again, when we, when whoever is a parent or, you know, if you have younger kids around you, one way or another, you are a leader in their life because they're, they're looking up to you. So now that people may be spending a little bit more time at home <laughs> than, than before and around their children, is, is there any thoughts that you'd like to provide on, on that side of leadership in terms of how we may be leading as parents during these challenging times? Yes, and it is incredibly challenging for parents who work at home and have children who are e-learning. They're having to help more with their homework and and, uh, you know, depending on their age, it, it's really at, really at any age. I've, I've spoken to parents who have kindergartners, pre-K all the way through high school and even college students that are, it's, it's challenging times because, you know, we're all, uh, we're social emotional creatures. All of our uh, coping mechanisms have been stripped away from us. Uh, and uh, we don't we don't hang out with our friends like we used to. We don't get together for cups of coffee, glasses of wine, and all of those things. And uh, and kids playing uh, with with uh, their friends, their play dates have been stripped away or minimized and uh, reduced to zooming with each other or Google Hangout. You know, hanging out on Google. So those are those are things that really um, makes us unwell. In a, in a multitude of ways. So for parents, one thing that I, I want to, I want them to be comfortable and, and know without a, without a doubt that every single child has, embodies all of these virtues. And we start to teach in, our, in the schools that carry our curriculum, they, we start teaching kids uh, the language of virtues from age three, uh, because all they need is the language. They already feel the empathy. They already have kindness and there are already love. They're already compassionate, helpful, friendly. Uh, they have all of these wonderful qualities, uh, but they just need the language and to help them, um, you know, sitting down and talking about what does empathy mean to you? How does it make you feel? Uh, how do you practice compassion? These types of uh, wonderful, deep, questions and, and contemplation and reflection exercises uh, is really healthy for, for families. Uh, it brings them together. It creates a greater bond. Uh, it opens them up so that they can feel free to share because they, uh, they're really talking about something that's visceral and meaningful uh, to them. Uh, and, and, and as parents to lead those types of uh, conversations, I think it can be uh, incredibly empowering for the whole family and bring families together, unite them in a, in a wonderful way. Thank you, Kathy. And I really hope uh, our listeners will, will take you up on that advice, because I think it can be such a, a beautiful and excellent conversation 
uh, to have uh, something a little bit out of the ordinary and you know something that one conversation that one minute can you know change the course of how things may be going of how things or people may be feeling so thank you for that uh so okay so one question that i would like to ask you and given you know again i think this is a really really great chance for for the listeners to be able to take uh, individual value away from this uh podcast so right now as you've mentioned as i've mentioned there are a lot of people struggling maybe not feeling their best uh due to the current situation and you know they just maybe as i was a little bit when i when i started uh, the program with you just not feeling themselves so what would your coaching be to someone that wants to change that around right now maybe limited as you said in the coping mechanisms and everything that they have around them what would your coaching be to them that they could something they could do to start feeling better and start feeling more like themselves and kind of change things around and energy around uh, thank you laura that's a very good question um i think that for 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 leader for leaders for anybody i think everybody is a leader like you you know i share that opinion that you know if we don't lead anybody we lead ourselves or maybe our cat or dog <laughs> um, so in order to be a better leader self-leader we need to be fully present and aware so the best advice i have is to take advantage of this sort of semi downtime and go on the journey of finding your authentic self finding out who you really are um, it's a life journey for most people. I mean, people really don't start to contemplate these things because our lives are so busy with all kinds of activities and uh, work and social obligations, et cetera, and so on. So, so it's take advantage of this semi downtime and go on the, this worthwhile journey to find your authentic self because it will be incredibly rewarding, uh, not just for you, but especially, especially for you, but not just for you, but everyone around you, everyone you touch um, and uh, everyone you come in contact with will benefit from it as well. Yeah, I could agree more. One of the things that I've, I've been reflecting on with the change, the remote environment is just how much people are gravitating or moving towards wanting to be connected with people who are positive and who are uh, bringing that positivity because we're, we're, we're seeking that. And I think people who can tap into that positivity and being able to connect with others even remotely are definitely in very high demand uh, right now. So it's just something to, to be aware of. So um, before I ask you for final reflections, one last question that I would like to ask you is you've mentioned about going on that journey to find that authenticity. Uh, if you're in a leadership position where you are working with others, let's say you're working with a team, what are a couple of specific actions that you would suggest to those leaders that they could take starting today where they can actually make a little bit of a difference for themselves and the people who they're working with? Outside of the longer journey, what would be some kind of little tidbits of things that people could do to make a difference? Well, I think that uh, working in a team is a huge advantage. 
and because you're because you have a, a group of people with different talents usually who are coming to to table to solve a, a problem or or uh, or create something reinnovate something and uh, the the advice that i give the, the the must the must in order to have a an effective team is to really divorce competition uh you know this is not it's not about competition, which is what ego loves. It always wants to try and make itself better than others by competing, proving that they can do it better, faster, uh, et cetera, uh, is to really forget about uh, competition and embracing empathy uh, and, um, and, and uh, empathy is the birthplace of uh, effective teams where we're really open uh, we're kind and loving toward one another. We care for one another. Uh, we listen uh, to understand. Uh, and, and actually, empathy is the first step in design and creation as well, uh, because we must really learn uh, what, who we're solving the problem for what we're doing. And, and that's a, that's a highly reflective process. So that, that getting rid of competition, it just brings this cohesion to the team uh, that allows people to work together in a loving, kindly, in, in, a, in, a, in a way where people feel safe to share their ideas, where they're not afraid that they're being judged. So, so create an empathetic uh, environment and uh, your team will thrive. So I have a big smile across my face because the, for people who have similar personalities to me, this is probably the hardest thing to do. As if you're competitive by nature is to go, actually, it's not as productive as you think it may be to create a competitive environment. You can get further. You can get better results without having to have people compete against each other. Now, for the real super competitive people, you may be competing against a bigger challenge as a whole team, but actually creating that empathetic um, environment, like you said, that, that will take the team to a whole different level. I think this is a hard, but really, really great concept to, to grasp for people is you know divorcing the competition, which I just love the way you said that, and embracing empathy. So. It, it, it's interesting and I think it is a, a great little challenge to take on maybe the next time you feel yourself creating competition that may not be needed is how can you inject more empathy into the conversation into the project and really help bring people along and create an inclusive environment so absolutely absolutely Awesome. So any final reflections uh, from yourself, Kathy, before we say goodbye to our listeners? No, I just, uh, I wish everyone well. I want you to know that there's a lot of loving energy out there. There's a lot of caring people out there uh, and never lose hope. Have hope that uh, this, this too shall pass, no matter how, how long and treacherous the journey, we will get through this together. And, um, and having that knowing and having the sense of hopefulness uh, really should, it brings a sense of joy to my heart and, and something to look forward to, <laughs> that, awesome. that I will get to hug my friends again and 
nothing and cups of coffee and glasses yeah. of wine and yeah. all that stuff that we love <laughs> awesome well kathy i can't thank you enough this has been uh really a big highlight uh today this week and for a long time i hope this brings a little joy to the listeners and for those of you who want to find out more about kathy I will leave uh, links associated uh, with her company and her LinkedIn on the tag for this podcast to make sure that everybody can connect with Kathy too. Thank you very much for your time and for your authenticity, Kathy, and for sharing that with us. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you, Laura. It's been an honor and pleasure always. Thank you so much. Thank you.